Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. Constantine's, I'm sorry, a close second, I suppose, but They Might Be Giants is who I'm talking about. And uh, I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I have uh, uh, an old old friend here. I may have only met him once in person, but he's an old, old punk news friend. Uh, it's the man himself, Adam White, from Niagara Falls, Ontario, here to talk about money for dope. Walking stick, lobster shell, cellophane, acid bath, legal pad, nitrogen, avocado, sleeping bag, money for dope. Russian hat, safety glass, jumping beads, hand grenade, almanac, put your blood, finger symbols, liquid think you're mischaracterizing our relationship because uh normally when i would i mean normally when i would show up on a podcast that is not a podcast that is um strictly under my control i would have a certain amount of nervousness that i'm i'm walking into someone's house there's a certain rhythm about what's going on there and you want to make sure that you're respecting the way the show works and what the listeners of that show are expecting and all that all that crap but in many ways i i am in a position of power here because i I don't know how much you've told people this, but yeah. I, I have the keys, right? So th- this, this might be a podcast yeah. only like o- only exists because I do some very menial work to move a file from kind of point A to point B. <laughs> and that's without, only recently. <laughs> well, th- that's only recently. But even before that, I still maintain the yeah. power to destroy things, right? Mm-hmm. Now right. I haven't, but I could. <laughs> So I, I feel I feel that this is a different different kind of uh, power dynamic here because I could I could snap at any moment and just delete the show or 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 just do something I could delete random shows like like episode ninety eight like fuck ninety eight it's gone it's just gone right? yeah it's just gone I you know it's funny though I mean to be fair you uh, you know in part encouraged me to start the first podcast I did two Greg's one podcast through uh punk news which i believe was the first like sub podcast after the original um could be wrong yeah, i, I don't know it what probably was, was. Brian, there, Yance, yeah. Brian Yancey did one briefly jesse rob had wizard's beard there, there was a bunch uh, there was a bunch that lasted five episodes right like most podcasts yeah. in the world um and now people like fucking conan are jumping in like hey i can make more money and i'm like get off the space man this is this is space for us dorks, uh, but 
you know, the Two Gregs One podcast, I think we started, I want to say 2014, might have been earlier, uh, and then that transitioned to Best Midwestern in 20, I think we just had our sixth anniversary for Best Midwestern, but then when this started two and a half years ago, that totally took over because I realized that people don't want uh, completely original content. They at least want something familiar within their shit, and and I'm sure you're well aware of this that um and, and we talk about your newsletter some party because you know you want to tell people about new bands you're like there's this new hot ship but then you want to be like this established band that you know put out some new stuff so you should check that out too and you, you kind of drag people along so like they might be giants has a rabid fan base and they're about to celebrate their 40th year as a band and uh, people like to talk about them and like to hear other people talk about them. And this podcast makes me more money than I think Outdoor Valor has made in a decade uh, in the two and a half years uh, that this has existed, which is not a lot of money, but it's more than a band makes because people are like, oh, you have original songs? Okay, I'll stream it once on Bandcamp and you get nothing. But I might give you five bucks to talk about this other band that's not yours, so... Um, I don't know if you have any experience with, with that uh, maddening. I mean, I'm happy for the success we have here, but... I, I perpetually will take the route that is going to produce the least amount of, uh, you know, the least amount of return and interest to all but, like, the smallest <laughs> niche of people, which is, which, is, which is why I write a newsletter exclusively about Canadian rock music, um, yeah. because it, 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 you know, really, it, it really has, has a has a ceiling of interest in the world. And we've actually calculated well, a whole country. Plus well, no, people no, 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 we, we, we've, we've calculated the number. I, I've spoken to like people <laughs> that exist within the, the kind of like the Canadian independent music underground scene. And yeah. th- th- there is absolutely like, like a, like a top number of people <laughs> in the country that will regularly give a shit about what's happening in that, uh-huh. in that music scene. And it, mm. it's been confirmed by people from people from Calgary and Montreal and Halifax. And we've discussed it. And like, it's true. Like there, there is a maximum <laughs> <What's> the number <laughs> uh, 700, 700 is the maximum number what? of people no. in Canada that give a shit about any of this in, in any, in any true form. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- people in America and other countries listen to Canadian bands. Sure, but maybe but, they don't but, realize but, they're Canadian, and no, then no, they hold the, that against the, them. The, they will listen to it. They will listen to a Canadian band, but to be to be aware of like the the interconnective scene shit, like to really to right. really care about the fact that you know when the, that on the new Chad Van Galen album, the guy that mixed it is the same guy that mixed the you know the the last EP that Tough Age put out. And when they toured, it was like, like all that kind of sure, stuff about sure. like who all the personnel are and like, and like, and who's, who's in what band that used to be in some other band and like whose brother is yeah. in this band. 700 is the top number of humans on the planet that okay. actually give a crap. Well, I guess I'm one of them. So wait, I might've missed something, but did Chad Van Galen put on a new album? Did I miss something? He just did. I, I saw he had a new song. He just did. Oh, maybe I just saw the single pop up on my like new release radar uh, or whatever. Uh, oh it's God. called it's it's called World's Most Stressed Out Gardener is is the kind of clumsy <laughs> title for it. But it's good. And the the lead single from it is a song called Samurai Sword. That's what I heard. Okay. 
I just haven't heard the full album. Okay, well, I will yeah, listen to okay. that tomorrow. People, yeah, people who like the MIP Giants, you might be surprised, some of you folks out there, that Chad Van Galen is this kind of guy that, kind of like the MIP Giants, he just does whatever the fuck he wants, and he contains it all within his own little world. And I've reviewed a couple of his records for Punk News and uh, had them on my year-end list and stuff. And he's he's the kind of guy where, like, he'll, he'll like, if they might be Giants album, you'll have one that's, like, folky banjo stuff in this very spooky singing and then the next one's like this thumping beat and like this synthesizer stuff is it, does this one lean more heavily one way or the other just before we we move on is it a more folky chad van galen or a more it's it's uh, pretty electronic-y? it's it's pretty erratic um good it, it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of all over the place and it's it's definitely less it, it's a little bit less focused then um, light information, which is the last record that he had, came out that yeah. that really was pulling along this this kind of kind of like gross, almost like post humanist narrative about aliens <laughs> invading your body and and, and, and replacing you and all of this. It's, and it's totally they might be giant stuff. I'm I'm gonna drop some song in here. I'll have to think about what that. Yeah. So this one, I like his unfocused stuff. Like I got into him on Soft Airplane, and like. You know, like TMNT mask is followed by like I can't remember the track listing exactly, but it's just like all these spooky ones. And he animates his own videos, and he's he does it all. Like I mean, if he pretty much on every most albums, he's playing every instrument. Correct. Yeah, he 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 has a level of like like engineering. Yeah, like and all a- that. aggressive iconoclastic quirkiness that I think like they might be giants. People would really like. Oh yeah. Oh god, what song do I want to put in here? Um I think it's gotta be some off soft airplane. I've uh I mean I would recommend pretty much any of his albums, but um he's also supported by the Canadian government, which is cool. Uh Canada is cool. Let's uh mm, I c I can't I, I think one that they might be Giants fans would like would be TMNT Mask, because it's kinda along the lines of a bizarre, uh more synthy they might be giant song.
Willow Tree is probably my favorite Chairman Gideon song. It's one of those where I think it was the very first song of his I ever heard, and I just can't shake it. It's so good. supposed to be about we should move on but yeah uh how can people find some party which is named after a constantine song which is why i mentioned them in the intro uh, yeah okay so um so i guess so greg greg alluded that um i'm i'm from the punk news universe as have been a few of his guests um i was one of the, like the the original editors on there and was oh, around gee. for around for 20 years or so um i don't really do too much there anymore except again i still have the keys so i can wreck stuff but i don't i don't really, I don't really do anything positive either um but so <laughs> you never know when Aubin's gonna wreck stuff he could just pop in yeah i i've nailed the inability to actually hand over like my credentials and quit something properly i just kind of hold on to them in case i go nuts one day um the so, so some party is a uh, it's a weekly newsletter that i put out it is at someparty.ca. Uh, it is it, it is very much follows sort of like the um, I guess what I had been training myself to do at Punk News over the years, which is it breaks down songs that have come out, media that's come out, videos that have come out, news from um, artists that are in this really kind of loosely defined like garage rock and psych and punk scene, which is which in a smaller country like Canada has a far less definitions between all of those little genre umbrellas than it would right. anywhere else. So, you know, you, you really start, you really start to notice how th- there's very few people that are appearing and making all of this music um, and collaborating with each other and stuff like that. So it's, it's very like incestuous, right? Very incredibly lot, so. And yeah. you, you, I mean, and, and if you, if you go, if you went to a music festival, I mean, in, in better times when we could have music festivals, if you went to one that had these kinds of bands playing at it, doesn't really matter what end of the giant country you went to. There's the same 45 people that are walking around with a beer in their hand because mm-hmm. it's just all, it's just all linked in a way that I think is kind of neat. So anyways, um, that's, that's where you can find my shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh there's some pretty wild stuff there. And I, I, you know, we, we chit chat off and on, you know, over the many, many years, <laughs> you know, like I heard that song you were uh, talking about, and it's fucking awesome. Or I'll be like, how did they fucking record that? It sounds awful. <laughs> or like, it's a great song. 
but what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's I, some pretty I, I wild had, stuff going on up there. I, yeah. I, I have a habit for chasing like the like the scuzziest no budget garage stuff that right. has clearly been recorded in a can and sounds absolutely horrible. And it makes you as an as an audio engineer just just squirm to have to <laughs> to have to hear it or deal with it or anything like that. You know, I mean, it's kind of, but I can appreciate it in a way too. And I think there's a good middle ground. I mean, I like a good, um, you know, listen to listening to like a good old recording from when you know, like four tracks was the the maximum amount of tracks or whatever, and you're hearing drums with just like one mic over top of them, and everyone's in the same room. Like I love that shit. So people trying to go back to like, oh, we want to sound like you know the Kinks' first singles or whatever. Like that's like. That's like that's what I feel like. Garage and punk bands, sh- the, uh, garage punk should sound like it's those first Kink records, where it's just like, "Oops, I broke my amplifier's speaker. I stabbed the speaker cone, and we're just gonna put a couple of mics in this room." And uh, but but I like that stuff. Um, and I, have I ever asked you, uh, you know, being a uh, Hoosier, not born, but a Hoosier living, uh, are you familiar with the label Magnetic South from mm. Bloomington? No. I think you would like what they do. I'm pretty sure they're still going because they've been kind of self-sufficient for a long time. It's an all analog label. You know, they're those guys and all the bands like five years ago all started with the T-H-E-E. They all started doing that. They're like these bands that are like this click in Bloomington and very incestuous and dirty music, very psychedelic most of the time. A lot, of, a lot of different stuff, but I'll share is like these dirty sensibilities. I, th- I think you'd like it, but that sounds um, right. That sounds right on my own. So yeah, oh yeah. So uh, they might be giants. Is is a podcast that you let me do and uh, uh, that you could destroy at any time. That's correct. Um, so yeah, I started this thing up. I'm like, hey, I, I need you to put like another one of those thingies, whatever you call it, in the Dropbox deploy and the, the thingy I can type in. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know what it's called. You know what I mean. And you set it up and then I do the thing and and it's great. And you let me do it. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while just because, you know, we used to, uh, you know, you've always been on the, the, the weekly punk news podcast, which is up to episode... Was it five forty five five something? A lot. Five lots. <laughs> yeah. Five lots. A lot, right? And you were on. I mean, like out of the past two hundred episodes, you were probably on like one hundred ninety of them. You uh, know, yeah, I, 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 I was on a good majority of things, but I just retired. So this is my first time <laughs> podcasting anything since my retirement from doing that show. So I have to edit this one. Yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, cause just like talking over messenger or whatever, it's like, you know, you can shoot the shit for a minute, but like actually talking to you on the, the, the phone phone or whatever you call this stuff we do now, it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, I always, you'd be, you'd be very, uh, well-spoken about music and that's why you do what you do and you write so well. And, uh, you're a very insightful dude. And I wanted to force you to talk about they might be giants despite not being a huge fan because I like Mixing it up and not just having all super nerds like myself. Yeah, you, you've been you come you, at it from a different way. You've been handing me to be on this show for the 
well, probably since the beginning, despite the fact yeah. that that I am I am relatively ignorant of whatever we want, whatever <laughs> we're talking about here. So, so it is it is not that I don't like they might be giants; it's that I don't know what we're yeah. talking about. So, yeah. so we're, we're gonna we're gonna do the best that we can with my with my relative ignorance here, and hope that your listeners Dude. don't think this is a total waste of their time. <laughs> I'm telling you, this Maddie Randall guy, and I meant to send you a link to this song. There's uh, this guy; he's in Australia. He was just like hanging around the Blink One Fifty Five Twitter, whatever, and we started bullshitting about stuff and had similar sense of humor. And so, like, I want to talk to someone in another country because I was making it my aim. Like early on, I'm like, I'm going to have international guests, and I've had quite a few. Got a couple Australians set for the f- spring. I got a, another guy in Germany coming back on. I talked to a guy in Ireland not that long ago, and um, so I'm like, hey, an Australian. And I'm like, uh, do you like the MFG Giants? He's like, yeah, man, uh, Dr. Worm is awesome. And I've heard two other songs. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, I can work with that. And so he, kind of like you, I think, picked his song based on title alone. It was not one that he had heard. It's called You Don't Like Me. And it's off their uh, album, Join Us. They're from the same sessions. You picked one that's like a B-side. Right, this, this, this is a B-side from, from Join Us, yeah. And it's very similar, and we'll talk about like what what John Linnell was up to, the the John that wrote this one, because he was all about listing things. You don't like me. Uh, what what we filled the time with, and he's a very chatty guy. What we filled the time with was going through this list, and it has it's about a guy who can read someone's mind, and he knows they won't like him because. They like, and it lists as uh, you like cigarettes, swimming laps, potato sh- chips, battleship cats, and court TV. And so, like, we just went through everything in the list. And it's like, uh, I like Nirvana. Do you like Nirvana? What about baseball caps? I don't really wear baseball caps a whole lot. And just like, how about Woody Harrelson? Like, all these things in this list. And yeah, it's just dawning on me that even though they're not on the same CD, they're from the same session. And Money for Dope. Did you pick it just because of the name, or did you look at the lyrics or listen to it first, or were you just like, how did you end up on this song? Uh, it's such a goofy I, one. I, I don't know how I ended up here. I, I definitely what was I definitely started scrubbing around and um, through th- through the Might Be Giants wiki and trying to, to try, trying <laughs> to see if there is something from like a lyrical content standpoint that that that, that I had an angle on. And and I don't have a particular angle on the, the concept <laughs> of money for dope, but the oh we will we'll get deep we'll, into we'll, that because I I had pitched a couple to you based on Sonics more than but 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 this but, but but in a but in a way this this does this does meet a certain Sonic um, sensibility mm-hmm. that I like. I mean it's 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 got a little bit more of like a, of a gritty um, recording quality to it. They're not yeah, you know it's definitely. it's. It's it's garagey. It's but it's also also quirky and weird, and that's you know very very much a thing that I am that I'm into. But it's it's yeah. quirky and weird with that kind of harder edge on it, which which may just mm-hmm. come from the quality of the recording. But the the hey, so it's it's yeah, it works for me for those reasons. And as I have sat here and tried to unpack what's in it, even though it might just be purely <laughs> nonsense, I do have a certain obsession now with with what is going on in this song and theories. <laughs> All right. That, okay. That, yeah. 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 Yes. So we will get to these theories, but I want to know what other, they might be giant songs. Do you know, like what coming into me asking you, like, what were you familiar with? Where did you first hear them? Like what, what is your relationship to the MIP Giants as as minimal as it may be? So my my okay, I have probably the most common answer for people my age that are on. 
uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Which which uh-huh. is tell me, tell me, because I'll I'll confirm it. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes, right? Because I so I so what was it when when that episode came out? Was it like ninety? That was ninety. Was it, was uh, it, was Flood it? Flood came out in January of nineteen ninety. So it was definitely I, you know. Along all this time, I haven't found the actual air date for that episode, but it was 1990. Uh, Istanbul, uh, not Constantinople, and, and Particle Man. Man. Right? So, so yep. I, so I absolutely ate that up as a kid, right? And yeah. I, I remember nothing else from that episode except for those two songs. And the, the, I, I, I carried, like, I carried those things with me in my head for the longest time. But the the weird thing is that I don't think I put together that that was even a band, let alone the Michael right. Giants, for for years after, because now I I don't recall there being a lot of actual accreditation in the episode, just because it, it's not really the no. kind of thing that would have happened, right? So, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't the style they were all going to stop and tell you who the who the who they paid for this music that they put in there, right? Right. So, or do like MTV with the little you know little credits in the, in the corner, right? You know? So, so in a way, like what a lost yeah. opportunity. Because I, 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 as a, I don't know, what, what am I, like, as a, what am I, an eight, right? Like, like an eight, yeah. eight or nine-year-old at the time did not have, you know, did, didn't have that nugget of information to go kind of, like, run out to the CD store and, and follow up on, right? It was just like, yeah. it was like, oh, that was wonderful, <laughs> but now it's, the, that's a, it's a cereal commercial, and I'm never going to see that again. Um, and I really want some Lucky Charms. Yeah. So I actually just watched those with my kids recently, and they remain silly and wonderful. But so if, for the longest did, time... Did your kids like them? Oh, they, 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 were, they were having just a ball. Like, it was great. But the... <laughs> It was there was a long time where then I I I just didn't have them on my radar. So they they weren't mm-hmm. they were certainly a band I was aware of by name, but they they weren't a band that I was intersecting with. And because I was the so kind of soaked up in the like SoCal centric punk scene that we were writing about on Punk News for a number mm-hmm. of years, when yeah. when you start chasing the the bands that you like, either. Uh, either their their predecessors pre- predecessors or their um you know or, or the bands that have been influenced by them you never you would never get to they might be giants so i would go like oh i got to learn about these bands that i didn't grow up with and it would mean that i'm going and i'm listening right. to them like you know, like who's your do and the replacements and stuff like that but like it never sure. it never quite overlapped until i think very recently the, a lot of these what i think would be considered their classics started showing up in my world and that is, oh, yeah. I think about a year ago, two years ago, um, my wife and I decided that like we were completely, we'd completely burned through what, whatever, whatever radio we had available to us. And uh-huh. we're, we're, we're deck people. So if we were, if we were like sitting outside in the patio or something like that in the summer, we'd always have music playing, but we had, you know, no, nothing, no, nothing that we had we're listening to is really working anymore. So we switched over to some digital music service, some digital audio service. And it was probably one of the alternative music stations on Apple music. And what we, what we zoned Mm -hmm. in on was there was a station on Apple music, which is called classic alternative, I think. And Mm. it would, so it would be playing a lot of stuff that was either like, like late seventies punk up through kind of like interesting new wave up until like grunge up until about 1995. So just the, so really like crossing okay. our, like a little bit earlier than our childhoods, but then 
all the stuff from our childhood. So it was a place where we could I can go get into that. Like yeah. it was a place where we could go and hear songs from like from like garbage and Veruca Salt and Elastica and all and all, <laughs> all this stuff that like we hadn't heard from for years, but we were just like totally into when those songs came up again, Can't right? Like the seether. Yeah, right. So all that. <laughs> but in in that mix, um, you would have like Anna Ng, um, you would have Birdhouse in Your Soul, and you would have Don't Let's Start. And yeah. those those three in particular were always just sort of like percolating up through that. So like those kind of like the the singles from the yeah. earlier part of their career are definitely things that we've all kind of like I think grown to appreciate a lot more and 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 come to recognize and you know it, it's it's on a little pedestal with with you know Istanbul and Particle Man but yeah but we but we've never really we never really ventured past that with the exception go of money, to, go, money go for to my dope Spotify is the pro yeah. go to my Spotify profile and and check out that sweet three hour that might be Giants best of <laughs> that'll get you all the all the classics and all the good new stuff. And I might have to put money for dope on there now, which is not currently on that playlist, but uh, it's a very interesting song. So is it safe to say that you have not heard more than like a handful of songs they made in this century? Uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, the, the I've, I've listened to like in, in preparation for this, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've gone through, um, you know, like, what is the comp this was on um album raises new uh, album, questions, yeah. right? right so mm-hmm. you know th- that that level of you know pre-podcast research but but not, nothing i've internalized outside of that so so yeah so my so, so my, my might be giant's knowledge is definitely kind of early and they're the stuff that they did as as a like a, as, as a television related act and as like a children's music related act is totally outside of my understanding of how the world works. So I know it happened. <laughs> I know it happened, yeah. but, but because, because my, I was, I was in college when all that stuff came out and when they were doing yeah. all that work and I didn't have kids, I think until after they wrapped up doing a lot of that work. So it's just mm-hmm. total blind spot. Yeah. Dude, I, I've admit, I've admitted to that on the podcast. Cause, um, are you, uh, 1981, 82, 82. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 81. What are you so asking? 99 was my first year in college, and their first. I was asking when you're 1982. I'm 81. I uh, my first year in college was yeah. uh yeah 99, and then yeah I met Scott Heisel the year after when he came to Augustana, and that's how I ended up working for Punk News. I use the the term working loosely. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and um, no came out uh I guess when I was a junior in college. And I was like, oh, New Day, my Giants album. You hear? It's a kid's album. Oh, all right, I'll get it anyway. And it was fine. And their first kid's album is very bizarre because a lot of the songs are were written before they even had the thought of uh, of being a kid's band. And, I, and this story, Franz Nikolai from The Hold Steady was on the show twice. And he picked one of the kid's songs. And I was like, huh, interesting. You know, maybe he played them with his kids. Turns out that this song, I Am Not Your Broom, is the name of the song. And it was written like five years before the kids album came out. And he had this whole, like his wife's a, a musicologist. Like he is just like all knows all about, uh, everything about the history of music and like, um, 
the accordion being like a working man's like socialist power instrument. It's very accordions are huge in uh, North Korea. Like it's like the communist instrument. And he talked about how I'm not your broom was about like throwing off the shackles of oppression. I am not working for you for nothing. I am not your broom. And I'm like, dude, son, kids out. He's like, I know, but still, (laughs) and it was amazing. And so I got that and it was, it was, it was great, but then they had a contract with Disney for almost a decade. Um, I'm talking about tomorrow, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme. When they did that, and they did, you've probably heard Hot Diggity Dog. They did that song. That's them as well. And uh, so they put out three albums through Disney. And those ones, I'm like, you know, the next album came out. It was called Here Come the ABCs. I'm like, eh, I don't know. And I didn't get them until, I mean, I'd heard them eventually. Uh, especially when streaming came around, but like uh, I didn't buy physical copies of them uh, until Zinni was born, until I had an excuse. So like there were four They Might Be Giants albums that I did not have physical copies of, and I will admit that. Um, but I would highly recommend uh, Here Comes Science. I really think you would like that one because, um, I don't know, you're a, uh, I don't know, would you say you're a mathematically type guy? I mean, you work with computers, and there's you know some sciencey, mathematicy stuff involved. Would you say you're science brained? Do you enjoy sure. learning about? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll 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 say we'll say that it's 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 probably on some level the job requirement, but yes. <laughs> and so that's that's one uh, that they made for a little bit. I mean, it's more geared for like upper elementary kids. Like it's got a song called "Meet the Elements." It's got a song about called I'm a paleontologist. It's like my students love that one. And uh, your kids might like it. What? Uh, how, how old are they now? Uh, eight, and, eight and six. Oh, God. They would love the crap out of it. My uh, five-year-old niece loves Roy G. Biv. It's a, uh, it's an amazing song. And it's fun to play on guitar. Because they approach their kids' albums uh, like their adult albums. When their drummer joined the band in 2004, they were recording an adult album called The Spine at the same time as they were recording uh, Here Come the One, Two, Threes. Same sessions. And so you take the lyrics away and their drummer, because I talked to him on the, on the show, he's like, I just approached all the songs the same. And I was new. I honestly didn't know which songs were for the kids album and which songs <laughs> were for the adult album. And I mean, that's why I got put in a Hard Times article. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. My, <laughs> the very first guest I had on my podcast, David Britton is a comedian. He's written for the Hard Times. And Greg Simpson, I appear in there. And the title, the headline is... They might be Giants fan, not sure if new album is children's album or not. <laughs> so I, w- I was immortalized in the hard times. But um, back to, to your relationship with They Might Be Giants. However uh, minimal it is, uh, Money for Dope is an interesting song. And this is the kind of song, like even, you know, John Gentile at Punk News, he and I would talk about, he started getting into They Might Be Giants because I think people that are just into weird shit can appreciate them especially their weirder ones and i think a lot of people um associate their duo era as like the weirder era but there is plenty of really bizarre stuff and that's why again why someone like chad van galen speaks to me because there'll be like poppy song you know very melodic and singable and then one where you're just like what the fuck is going on here and <clears throat> Money for Dope is especially funny because lyrically, because they are not a band that does any drugs. They are a coffee band. Uh, and you are a coffee man yourself, though. 
I know, and uh, they are just a caffeinated band, and that is really their thing. So Money for Dope comes across as especially goofy. So let's talk about, before we talk about these lyrics, because uh, that's probably the, uh, might be the meat of this. You were talking about the, uh, yeah, the aesthetics of this song, the, the uh, instrumental elements. You alluded to them. What do you like best about the musical elements of uh, this track, Money for Dope? Uh, so, I mean, just from a, just from a structural standpoint, the, and, and I, I guess, I guess this, this, this gets off a little bit of, of the, of the instrumentation, but maybe it doesn't, right? So th- this is, and you'd be able to answer this because you are, you are a person with, a, with, with say actual scholastic knowledge of music, but would this, <laughs> would, 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 would this qualify as, as a proper like patter song to you? In 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 that in that in that it's a song where you you basically have each each syllable of that mm-hmm. they're singing is is hitting is hitting one of the notes and it 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 all it almost feels like they could have sat down and noodled out this this kind of fun little little garage jaunt in a jam session and then said we're like okay let's let's just sing over this but we're not going to we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna sing over like everything that we've done. Dun, 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 dun. So we need, we need, you know, <laughs> syllable, 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 yeah. syllable, right? So, and and it, it 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 fits it fits that that yeah. that kind of mold, and that is, it's not something you that you hear all that often out of right. out of a rock band these days. So that I, gives, I think we should explain patter song a little bit because it's it's uh, I was like I wonder if there's like a Wikipedia page for that to like really you know because I'm like it's something that with a rapid you know just like a lot of words thrown at you at the same time and I'm like I wonder what yeah you know, what's the proper definition you know like we all know the word patter like what it would you could guess what it means um, but here we got uh, according to Wikipedia <clears throat> a patter song is characterized by a moderately fast to very fast tempo. And I'd say this is more like a moderate tempo. Yeah, but that, doesn't rapid, quite, that doesn't quite yeah. fit here. But a rapid succession of rhythmic patterns in which each syllable of a text corresponds to one note. And apparently Gilbert and Sullivan liked it in their comic operas. Uh, and I'm interested. I want, you know, Wikipedia will have little sound samples in the shit now. And, and I'm going to hit play on this one. I'm not sure if you're, if you're going to be able to hear it, but I'll, I'll fix it in post. George Baker, it's called Major General Song. And I, I I think this is what I'm, I'm thinking it is. George Baker sings the Major General song. Everyone should recognize it from The Simpsons, right? Yes. I am the very model of a modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England and the coats of historical from Madison to Waterloo in order categorical. I am very well acquainted to his matters mathematical. Sir, how would you like to get higher than you've ever been in your life? Be an astronaut? Sure. Well, welcome aboard. I think you'll find that this will win you the respect of your family and friends. Oh, and Mr. Gumble, for the duration of the training, there'll be no more beer. What? Three whole weeks with only wine? I'll go crazy! And may the best man win. Hi, Homer. Since they made me stop drinking, I've regained my balance and diction. Observe! I am the very model of a modern major general of information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. So that's from the Dioli Carte Opera Company. Uh, is the one that is the performance conducted by Malcolm Sargent. This is 1929. I will drop that in in post. But that uh, <clears throat> that's an example of um, a silly uh, patter 
song, and it's right. like and, and they're, it's they're, a tongue twister. Right? Yeah, it's it's a tongue twister. They're mostly played for you know for comedic effect, and what one could definitely read that out, out of the way that this song is structured. Um, it, it if if for nothing else, then it becomes a little bit more of a a very silly triumphant garage rock song when all of a sudden they there there's a there there's a part of the end of this song where all of a sudden it uh it it, it stops and bridges just for a few seconds and then it comes back mm-hmm. and like triumphantly reiterates the last <laughs> list of junk that they're that they're talking Benjolin. about as, as, yeah right <laughs> uh, actually as, as some as someone that just recently acquired a galvanized tub I am, you know, I'm like <laughs> pumping my fist in the air at that point. So I'm just like, yeah, we got one. Um, but, but, but they, but they kind of, they, they circle back and they are, they, they're just like, just celebrating this, this list of random objects that they're running through. So, yeah. so, but, but all, all, but all, all of that sort of just strange playfulness is done with a, a little bit more, a, a little bit more, um, I want to say like distortion and, and, more of a mm-hmm. rock and roll feel to it than what I would necessarily, what I would say stereotypically characterize as a might be giants recording, which would be, I think a little, I, I would assume a little bit more, a, you know, a little bit more clean, a little bit less crunchy than that. Um, but the, but it this, depends, yeah. but, the, but like the, this song to me and that, that this is my ignorance speaking for sure, because this song to me has a lot of the same sort of feel as um as the song that follows it on on the comp which is which is read a book right and they they Mm -hmm. have they have a similar that they have a similar sound to them it makes total sense they came out of the same sessions and now not being super familiar with join us you're gonna have to tell me like is that the join us sound is that is that how stuff sounded coming it coming out of that Well, here's what we've hypothesized uh, covering Join Us songs over the years, is that in their discography, uh, Join Us... Hold on, let me make sure I'm getting the years right. Um, Join Us came out in 2011. It followed two kids' albums. So in 2007, they put out The Else, which is like their a dark one. It's like their Bush-era record. And uh, one of the songs I suggested, I'm impressed, is like... You know, they never say Bush. They never get outright political, but it's like buried beneath. But then 2008, 2009, they did Here Come the One, Two, Threes, Here Come Science. So then 2011, and that's a long gap for them to between, I don't know, adult albums, uh, 2007 to, to 2011. So uh, when Join Us starts, the first track is called Can't Keep Johnny Down. And it's basically like a proclamation that like this is not a kid's album because it starts... Uh, the lyrics <laughs> are uh, outnumbered a million to one. All of the dicks in this dick town can't keep Johnny down. And for them, those are like, but they're basically cuss words, you know, because uh, they don't swear. They actually just said sh- uh, shit in a song uh, in 2018 for the first time. And their songs called When Will You Die, which Doppelpopolis has covered in a very punk way. It's a very punk song. Um they even sped up the recording, like they they played it fast and then sped it up and pitched it up like a whole step. The sped up the tape, and then that song uh, "You Don't Like Me," like a lot of kind of more negative songs. And they've always had songs about lots of songs about death, uh, dismemberment, uh, depression, horrible depression. I mean, this, these are what their songs are about, masked behind um, 
Usually, poppy lyrics. Yeah, and, and there's there, there's something that that between I guess between that kind of join us era stuff and then like money for dope and and read a book as a pair. Like there is there's a little bit of of a sneering defiant punkiness to yeah. them that that it was a it's a really easy easy walk into for me kind of coming from you know mainlining that stuff for twenty years. So yeah, and I think like if you. It's John Linnell and John Flansburg are just like they devour pop culture and you'll see references to stuff. I mean, this song is references to very obscure uh, people we can talk about a little bit that I don't know all that much about. Um, and there's a really cool uh, uh, camcorder video of them playing in London in 1990. It's totally blown out. Like you'd be like, this production is perfect. The Adam White production, it's totally in the red the whole time. It's just the two of them. Linnell's playing accordion the whole set. Flan's playing electric guitars. Telecaster jumping around like crazy. And he's wearing a Ramones shirt. And, like, if you went to Flansburg's house, especially, and looked through his, his record collection, you'd be like, damn, there's some good shit here. Oh, I never heard of this. What's this like? Like, he is just, like, that kind of... Like, he's been on a, Amoeba's uh, What's In Your Bag thing. And it's just like the most random collection of stuff. The covers they do, Istanbul for one, most people don't realize that's a cover of a vocal group from 1954. Um, they listen to a lot of stuff. And especially the guitar elements, like Flansburg, the guitarist, he is a huge, huge post-punk fan. And while most people wouldn't categorize them as a punk band, I think aesthetically... Uh, it seeps in there, and uh, some songs more than more than others. And on this one, it does have that that guitar tone. While the guitar is not like super in your face, it is very dirty and punk. And the drum beat is very like primal, kind of Mo Tucker pounding. Uh, so I could see why you liked it for yeah, which reasons. which which and all that I think filters back into that powder quality of it, where it is like it it is just so built around the string of syllables that that they that they've put together and mm -hmm. I actually sat down with, with a pen and paper earlier and tried to figure out <laughs> if there was any, if there was any like, um, <laughs> if, if there was like, if there was a particular pattern to what was going on here, because, uh -huh. because like, because most of the things that they list are, they're actually pretty consistently like three syllable phrases up until a right. certain point where they start wrapping things around. But even when they're not they're they're still, they're, they're still, they're they're still like chopping their longer phrases so that they wrap into the next line and hit the next beat. Like it's it's just it's an interestingly right. structured song for one that is so like seemingly cast off. Right. It, it definitely like if you're just listening through this, you're like, oh, that's you know, they knew that going in that this was going to be a B side. Yeah, it's just like it's, well, it's clear why this was cut, right? Like, right. But if you really listen to it, like. Honestly, and this is another one I had heard streaming and didn't like. I'm going back and buying all the like Electra era EPs and all these other like I'm trying to get physical copies of like everything. And there's there's a lot. And this one I've only owned for about maybe four years and on physical copy and listening through like the first track, uh, the first the first uh, episode that I did off of uh, album raising new and troubling questions. Uh, episode was about the the first tracks called oh we and oh we is 48 seconds of like uh this little kind of twinkly music and like a chipmunk voice going oh we oh we oh we oh we oh we oh we like it just sounds like again it's like was this supposed to be on the kids album 
it would probably give kids nightmares. So maybe they put it on this instead. Uh, it's there, there, just there, like there, there, there's stuff, the craziest shit. Yeah, there there is stuff on that comp that that I, that definitely strikes me as like unnecessary B side level stuff. Like 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 I, I don't want to hear anyone cover Havelina. Like it, it's. <laughs> it, the, it, it's 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 kind of, it's a pretty what about weird, tub thumping for uh, AV like, undercover? Like, uh, uh, tub, tub thumping was opportunity though, right? Because it was an AV club yeah. thing, so they played it. Yeah. They had the recording. You know, throw it on, throw it on as a as a bonus. The the, the Havelina one, I, I I don't get. I don't know. I, I I have a weird I have a weird relationship with like bossa nova era pixie songs, so it it was unwelcome <laughs> <Sure>. for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they have weird choices and covers. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, if you made it all the way through, what did you think of the other thing, brass band? All those ones with all the tuba and, and trumpet and shit. Oh, you see, like I don't like know, I, I don't know if I ran into that or if I wandered away okay. from it before that. I the, might have. Yeah, the last four tracks, like uh, the last uh, episode that Adam Gorin, Adam and his package was on, was the song "Boat of Car," which is off that first really weird album. Uh, but there's a brass band version here with tuba and shit, and uh, so we talked about it. He had never heard it before, despite knowing all uh, the original for a long time. It's uh, it's some it's some pretty interesting stuff. Like you could tell that this band, and I would think that even you could tell that this band does stuff for themselves, right? Which which which, which is, I mean, go going back to our buddy Chad and just the general bent of strange stuff that I tend to listen to, it to, to mm-hmm. totally works. So you know, I'm 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 in. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's. It, <laughs> The musical thing that gets me is the well. If you look at the the guitar tab on the wiki, and usually these are pretty good. It's a wiki. People go in, they they go in and do it because they care and they want to get it right. But then people can go in and kind of make adjustments if if needed. And usually they end up being pretty accurate. Um, the thing that gets me a lot though is that like there's a section where it says the key of the song, F sharp major. Like okay. Um, like F sharp, well, first of all, why didn't they say G flat major? They're the same key. They're in harmonic equivalents. Uh, but they go ahead and tab it all out with G flats and instead call it F sharp major. That's neither here nor there. It's Is it G flat major, though, when it is like climbing scale-wise, but then it goes down chromatically to notes that aren't in the key? It's just, it's a guitarist nightmare. It was written by John Linnell, the keyboardist. And it's if if you're trying to play open chords or bar chords, you're just going to want to tear your hair out. If you're a keyboardist and you're just kind of walking your fingers down, the, your left hand fingers down this bass line, then it doesn't seem so bad. But I, I had someone who <clears throat> owns a, mandol- <laughs> a, a banjolin. <laughs> it's my uke playing friend. She uh, up in Canada. She, uh, um, we all got one. I've had, I've had more than one Canadian on my friend. You're like the fourth <laughs> out of many, many guests. Uh, Marianne McTrow, might as well give her a shout out. She, uh, goes to like ukulele conventions and shit. She's very serious about it. She's in Lethbridge, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Money for Dope is a song that comes up in the, they might be shit posting, uh, Facebook group a lot, which is just, you know, like most shit posting groups just a fucking like a uh, wonderful time of just horrors and uh 
Money for Dope was a running meme for a long time where people would just list a bunch of shit and then say Money for Dope at the end. And like some of them were funnier than others. But there was one recently where, uh, let's see, I think it was AC, who is AC Jane, who has also been on the show, made like a poll and it said, Would you rather have a banjolin or Money for Dope? <laughs> and Marianne's like, Well, I already have a banjolin. And so I messaged her. I'm like, it's in the song. Can you do a Money for Dope cover on Banjolin? And she's like, I said I own one, not that I can play one well. And I'm like, okay, well, just you know, look into it. And then this morning, I was like, well, I know the song's fucked up. I'll go, let me go look at the guitar chords. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, Marion, don't worry about it. This song would be like, especially for an instrument where you're like, you know, it's your second or third instrument where you're like, this is not my main instrument. And you look at it, you just bring it up, and you're like, fucking Christ. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it, it's like uh, going back to band days. I know you played some, you played bass guitar. Were you in the school band? Were you a band dork? I can't remember. No, I wasn't. We didn't have one. We were. Wait, we, what? We, no, we, we, we were a, uh, we, we were a, uh, regrettably a religious school. And we just, uh, uh, they decided that Jesus had to take up all the time <laughs> for the arts that we would have normally had. <laughs> You can learn the pipe organ. That is all. Yeah, but basically, uh, basically there was like one musician in the school and he played he played organ at all of our uh, like churchy assembly things that we were forced to go Damn. to. Damn. Damn. You Canadians, you're supposed to be more art friendly up there. The uh, Yeah. But it's like I, on trombone, um, when you fir- and I teach band as well as everyone knows. And when you are playing band instruments, flats are your friend. And, uh, like on a piano, you know, the white keys, the key of C is your favorite. Whereas if you're learning a trumpet, trombone, flute, uh, the key of B flat is your favorite or the key of E flat. Um, cause those are just the easiest ones. Like, uh, you know, trombone all the way in first position. That's a B flat. Um, if you play it down low or up high, you got B flats and F. So it's easier to get around on those instruments, just the way they're constructed. Um, but then you get to like uh, high school and you're playing Sousa marches, you know, John Philip Sousa for like the Memorial Day Parade or whatever um, shit that they make you go to wearing polyester uh, outfits. Uh, and every note is a flat, just like every fucking thing. And when you get to that point, it's a nightmare for everybody, everybody involved. I don't know why he loved that so much, but you're playing all these weird positions and fingerings that like rarely come up. And it's like every note is in fifth position. That's trombone players, uh, least favorite position. And, uh, I look at the song and I'm like, Hmm, it's like giving me nightmares about learning, you know, fuck. Like that's like in me playing trombone to these, so you're saying money for dope may physically injure you if you basically attempt it um yeah you know we might have to find out but it's you see a lot of slashes like i don't know if you're looking at right now but there's a lot of these slash chords and you uh played the bass but did you ever do you know how to play guitar at all nope um what those mean is that for a guitarist is that you're playing You've got your chord, but then the bass, the lowest note of that chord, is something out of the chord and it's moving around. So you look at it, you're like G flat slash B flat, god damn it. A flat minor slash C flat. You're like C flat. You tell any guitarist to play C flat and they'll just say no. 
<laughs> like just like no. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, a string player's nightmare. Uh, you know, trombone I could get around on it just from doing all those marches. Um, but like it's a it's a piano, it's a keyboard player's song for sure. Does, it's does, just does, fucked does up. Does this uh, lend some evidence as to why they have not bothered to do it live? Is just because it's a pain yeah, in the ass. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if uh, you know the the credits tab on here, I don't think there's song by song credits in the liners of the CD, but the wiki is usually pretty accurate. And in this one, both guitar dudes play guitar. You got Flansberg and then Dan Miller. They've had the same uh, five guys for uh, twenty years now. Uh, I guess Marty eighteen, but a, a long time they've been settled on this lineup after the Electra years, and it's just the regular lineup. They all recorded it. They all, um, I mean, it says there's programming in it. I'm not exactly sure what the programming is because there's real drums. I think there's some fake drums as well. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just like they all know how to play it. They recorded it. And usually if you can record it, you know, as long as you don't let yourself forget it, and they have a lot of songs, they know how to play it. It's just... Uh, it's just do they enjoy th- playing it, right? Do they enjoy playing it, right? I, You know, honestly, I think... Linnell, despite having written it, would probably be like, uh, I wrote these words and now I have forgotten them immediately because I need, you know, there's just, it's just such a string of things that while, you know, you said you were trying to relate some of them to each other and some of them seem to go together. It seems like one that would be very hard to memorize, even for the guy who wrote it, unless you played it like every night on a tour. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those songs where, like you wouldn't forgive them for actually having a little book that had, that has the listing of crap right. that's in there. Um, because the other thing is that it'd be hard to improvise your way around it because of the, just of the way that everything is locked into the everything mm-hmm. everything's locked into the notes of the song. So if it if you deviate from you know from like verse you know stanza number fifteen that's in there. Well, like all, all of a sudden you're going to screw up the rhythm of the subsequent ones. So I, like, I don't think it's very forgiving in that standpoint, like, no. it, which is which is weird, because even though it seems like a toss off from a from the standpoint of it doesn't seem to mean anything, it it means something structurally. So you can't just right. you can't you can't just all of a sudden like bugger up a word or you've you know, the dominoes are all going to get all over the place so yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm interested to hear about uh your attempts of of tying things together here and and looking at the syllables and all that uh let's just break this thing down as much as possible and see if there's anything there there's probably not but you know i mean going walking yeah but even before that so we Uh we have one big we have one big clue that everyone seems to agree about agree upon here which is the lennon connection Right. I might as well go ahead and drop that in. Yeah, we're talking about... Um, yeah, so the money for Dope, that line... Um, yeah, w- uh, I'll play the, the, the John Lennon song. Is um, it's, uh, it's off Imagine. Give the, me some truth. Give, give me some song. truth. Right. I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight, short-sighted, narrow-minded hypocritics. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. I've had enough of reading things by neurotic, psychotic, big-headed politicians. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. No short-haired, yellow-bellied son of Tricky Dick is gonna mother her, but top so me, but just a pocket full of hope. 
yeah, and Money for Dope is just such a John Lennon type of lyric. I mean, it just screams Lennon because he was the one. I mean, the Beatles were, you know, widely known drug users. I mean, uh, most of their songs were either just like outright about drugs or, you know, some metaphors about drugs. But, uh, you know, you got McCartney and you got Lennon. Lennon's the guy that would need money for dope <laughs> out of, the, out of well, those two. Uh, d- d- well, hey, don't, don't discount McCartney's abilities there. But the <laughs> he wasn't so much a heroin guy, was he? I mean, He's more psychedelic. Well, right? but, that, but then thought. that comes in. That comes into this, right? So there's there's two questions you have to you have to address here. First of all, is that so? It, so assuming that money for dope is is referencing, um, give me some truth. Then what's what's Lennon mean by it there? Because the, so mm. like so, give me some truth is one of these uh, one of these like like uh, you know these really defiant you know fuck the man. Yeah, type of 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 Lennon songs where he's where he's 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 angry he's angry at politicians and and you know all all, all the forces of the world that are trying to that that are trying to bamboozle him and bullshit him and all of this right so mm-hmm. the where he where he brings this up is so it's in the chorus of the song it's what is it no short haired yellow bellied son <laughs> of tricky dicky so he's talking tricky about dicky. Nixon right um, Nixon. It, it, is going to mother is going to mother Hubbard soft soap me with a pocket full of hope, right? So he's not going to be bamboozled. Money for dope, money for rope, right? Uh huh. So, in in a way, if he's referencing back that that the money here is mm-hmm. part of this false hope that he's being fed by these false politicians, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. he he's definitely not celebrating having money for dope. It it, it almost sounds like he's he's saying right. that, you know. Like the like the these bullshit crumbs that they're I'm swearing a lot on your show I don't know if I'm allowed um, oh if, do it yeah okay like like you know the, 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 these 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 bullshit crumbs that the powers that be are feeding to him you know yeah they're they're, they're cynically money for dope they're money for the they're money for the opiate of the masses but it might as well just be money for the rope that you're going to hang yourself with right now that's a reading of it but uh-huh. but 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 maybe right like it so so that's that's the if that's where if I'm correct, and that's where Lennon is 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 using that phrase, yeah. then that yeah, then that begs the question of of does there might be giants use of it like like how how does it reflect on that on that sensibility and that theme and right. the the read of it could be that the is is the might be giants version of it just further down the cynic, uh, the cynicism tunnel where we're where on the one hand where whereas whereas lenin is you know like directly referencing nixon and the politics mm-hmm. of the day pig-headed but, politicians but, like but, might be giants are just like here's a string of crazy bullshit whatever money money for dope right where, where there's they're not even trying to make sense of the world so you you could read that, but then the the other thing that I wanted to just circle back to from that from lyrically because you you were the one that just brought it up is that what do we mean by dope? Uh huh. Right. And, and there was discussion about this on on I think the ship posting page where people yeah when she it's a ship posting page and she's like would you rather have a banjo or money for dope and people are like okay well what is dope in this situation well, well, and people what, started talking about it right like, well, there 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 is a really complicated etymology to what dope is right yeah where yeah. whereas we're like if you want to go far back enough like like dope was was opium related right mm-hmm, and then right. and then you get into say 
the 60s and we're talking about like dope dope for cannabis right mm, which is, right. when if we're talking about cannabis well then that's that's it's it's something that's been defanged a lot with legalization and everything else but it's 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 a it's a less it's a more jokey use of it right it's a it's a less right it's a less harrowing thing that you're describing but then as you start to get more modern then you know dope stops being weed and dope starts being heroin or the even in some modern context dope just starts being any kind of like you know pretty gnarly hallucinogen or like psychedelic or whatever you're gonna mm-hmm. eat. psychedelic is not the right word that i'm looking for whatever you would qualify um uh, something that really fucks right? you up and makes you yeah uh, right sad. like so <laughs> So you you get into the sad you, drugs, not the happy drugs. That's why it went to weed for a minute. It doesn't make as much sense, but it feels like what Nixon would use the phrase "dope" as. You dope heads, you yeah, hippies. Like you figure like that be Nixon talking would about be the using drugs, weed, not the but I feel ones. that Lenin is definitely using it for heroin. I and, and, and definitely it's, using it's, heroin. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that too. So 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 then, do, 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 does it matter at all what what mm-hmm. it refers to in the Might Be Giants context? Because mm. the so you know this song was written in what like twenty was it twenty ten was that when this came out oh money for money for dope yeah, uh, yeah 2011, like, could 2010, have been yeah, in 2010. yeah right so it's from that era within the song itself there is a date because they mentioned a calendar from nineteen ninety seven so uh-huh. <laughs> so we're, we're so the the the, the narrative the, the the narrator in the song is at least post ninety seven right right Right. so so i'm thinking they're not using Mm. they're they're not using dope to mean you know uh like reefer either so no no right so so i don't know these are these these by the time the wire by the time the wire rolled around right the early aughts i mean dope was pretty much it was widely agreed upon as heroin as 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 someone who's like fledglingly um become a cannabis user in my recent years like i haven't heard any human being ever use the phrase dope (laughs) because probably because it means nothing and everything at this point and you probably don't want to confuse that right so right yeah i i I do feel like in the 60s it was kind of like when the hippie culture like it was a subculture that started you know bubbling up to the surface and like demanding changes and and the politicians the conservative politicians did not like it and i feel like those uh the squares they didn't get the the culture man the drug culture and to them just dope was just like a a, a coverall for just drugs uh, yeah and so it could have been anything so including so the, weed yeah so 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 you so you have you have this you have this notion that you have this this song where he's listing off this random uh, these random seemingly random items and then hitting Money for Dope, which appears to be referencing directly back to the Lennon song. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we also get it, Rope it, right before it, uh, uh, right? The, and uh, which, first, which, yeah, which which doesn't seem to mean too much in the in the Might Be Giants version, except that I think that's really nailing that. Like, this is a reference to that. Like, like don't mm-hmm. don't mistake this. Like here, the word Rope is here, just as you would have heard in in the other one. I mean, it, it's a clear rhyme, but it you know right. But he, that, really, that seems, he really rubs it in, though, by landing on it. Me. Yeah, it's just a one-syllable word. Rope. Money for dope. Like, it's just right there. Yeah. Sure like, like, like if, if you have not, if you're mistaken about what we're doing here, like, we're going to yell rope at you and stretch it out for three syllables and then, yeah. <laughs> so, so as far as, like, the list... Do, do you, do, does, it mean, does it mean anything to you? I mean... 
there'll be like little pairs of things or like little like within one stanza some things that kind of go together and then but then something else will completely throw it off uh like acid bath in the first stanza really gets me because it's like just such like an evil it makes me think of breaking bad for one it's just like it makes me think of like disposing of things uh that you know you don't want anyone to know ever existed <laughs> yeah and then but then you got like the legal pad and then you could you could you could i mean and they might be giants fans are notorious for this including myself on these podcasts when you get something as ridiculous as this song you're like i'm gonna attempt to create this whole story and it just gets so out of hand but you could be like oh acid bath you know it's someone that's in trouble with the law legal pad you know they're seeing a lawyer uh or you could be like nitrogen and acid bath go together because they're both things that you know like liquid nitrogen could freeze and destroy something and uh but then like avocado or you know like rope acid bath legal pad i could see how some of these could kind of go together walking stick someone's been injured but i don't know i mean it's it's like you could try to connect them but should yeah, the, we? The, i don't know the the the, <laughs> the 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 presence the particularly the presence of all of the random chemicals that are in the uh-huh. list yeah. really really throw it because my my initial read on this and it's the one that i kind of threw to my wife when when we were talking about it before oh, we started recording she got in on it awesome. she got in on this right was <laughs> was it it could have it could be a list of things that you're going to pawn right you 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 need money for dope yeah because so this is something gonna, that people have brought up clean, you looked at the interpretation you're gonna clean right? out yeah you're gonna clean out uh-huh. the shed and sell everything you can to get the money right it's the obvious read on it right and that works if you're if you're looking at you know like sleeping bag russian hat right almanac butcher right. block <laughs> finger symbols right sure okay but then there's like like Fingers symbol. Hey, like you know, I've got them in my classroom. They're hilarious, and, right? Smoking. And you're you'd 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 pawn them. You'd pawn them for dope money, right? But yeah, there's things cents. on this list that are either just like chemicals that don't make a whole ton of sense, or are yeah. just like strangely perishable items, like avocado. <laughs> Wait, but right, but but avocado has has a fine number of syllables, right? Like oh, yeah. it's, it's a great word for this kind of yeah. song. So so it's a so fun it word fits, to sing. So it fits there. But then you have things that. You know, even if you were to try to pawn them, I don't know how you'd ever price them like Cobra Venom, right? <laughs> jumping beans. <laughs> like jumping beans, like laughing gas. Like it's so. So, yeah, the. the I, I think like, sometimes he tries to put words into a song that he thinks have never been in a song before. He's like, what's something that's never been mentioned in a pop song before? Um, an Edna Ferber novel. You know, it's just. Oh, that is such a weaker than style lyric there. Oh, where you're, I know. <laughs> where you're, you're, you're like, you're name, you're name dropping a novelist, right? Like that's, uh-huh. um, right. I figured like, yep. like, like ch- chafing dish is probably a phrase that has appeared in no other song ever <laughs> because why would, why would it, why would it bother? Right. There's been a joke and they've said in interviews, I, I would have trouble tracking down about how they're running out of nouns. Like it's, it's a song lyric. That they're running out of nouns. It's a uh, from the album Nanobots. It's this like fifteen second song, um, and uh, that's kind of been a joke. That was kind of based off of a joke they said in an interview where it's like we have seven hundred something songs at this point. You know they they have their their you know their wheelhouse and their their little touchstone subjects, but like you know you're trying to come at it from a new angle, and these guys can write about anything. 
uh, it seems like. But it's like, have they already written about everything? Like, is there anything we haven't written about yet? Uh, so we're running out of nouns. And then I feel like this is just like Linnell's dumping ground. It's like, here's here's things that I thought about writing a whole song about. Couldn't come up with the whole song. I'm just going to dump them into this one. Oh, yeah, the song's called Nouns off Nanobots. It's it's 17 seconds. And, well, it's, and, uh, and if, if that's their problem, he's burning so many of them in this song, right? Like the... <laughs> Like there, there, there are so there are so many things that are brought up within within like the whatever is it how long is this like two minutes like the yeah not long like, right like he burns through so many things that could that could be catalysts for for entire you know you, you can do entire records about cobra venom but you're not gonna <laughs> you know if they don't if they want to retreat on it you you've done it here no but the so the the. The, the chemical presence of the song, I think, is 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 one of the things that I really like about it from a lyrical standpoint. Because while you do have them listing all of these random items and food and you know and 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 really off the off the wall stuff like banjolins, right? Like yeah. w- they are running through this list of stuff, but they keep coming back to these 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 chemistry yeah. um, phrases. And if we are talking about someone that is trying to uh, you know, liquidate the contents of their dwellings so that they can get drug money. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, th- that that them them continuing to return to increasingly impractical things like bucket of lie is it, th- there's 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 something that can be kind of like darkly funny about that where where yeah. it's just uh-huh. where where it's like 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 how how deep into how deep into it are these guys that they're 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 that they're, they're going to try to pawn that like those those are not those, those are not things you should be bringing out. In, you know into a storefront to try to get try to get a few cents for so you know <laughs> a bucket of lie i mean lie is one of those very very weird things where it's like you can use it for washing or you can use it for burning the shit out of things um so it's just yeah it's 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 a common thread in they might be giant songs where it's like oh this is silly wait that's kind of fucked up you know that's kind of like their thing so, yeah, to be talking about rope, like rope and money for dope, like uh, with all these things preceding it well, and following it, you're like, are we talking about, you know, hanging ourselves? You know, like, uh, and Lennon probably, you know, too, like, you know, uh, here's a rope to hang yourself with. Or what's the expression? I'm blanking on it. Um, naming all these, yeah, random things, but then it keeps coming back to things that could kill you or really hurt you. Or, um, yeah, chemicals that can be used for good, can be used for evil. Um, I mean, you can use lie to make pretzels. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, uh, I don't understand. Again, I don't, I'm not a scientist. It's actually a strange thing, by the way, to have to try to acquire. A a bucket of lie. (laughs) I I was trying to make like really legitimate, um, like, like, like soft pretzels. Yeah. At one point. And like the, the way that that is done. Um, in, I think like the purest original form of that recipe is mm-hmm. they use lye as, wow. um, because it's, it's a really strong, um, it's a really strong base, like a strong alkali. And that's what kind of brings out the coloring, I think in it, like you use oh. baking soda for it if you're not trying to look like a criminal, but right. like, you, you, can, <laughs> right. you can use lye. And I remember, I remember trying to get lye for like a it's new year's <laughs> Eve with my kids there. I was trying to make like big soft pretzels yeah. or something like that. And, and it, it, you can't just walk into Walmart and get some lye. <laughs> so how did you get it? I don't remember, but I, I I'm sure I did. Right. But I, it, <laughs> Oh, 
And then things like like stuff that if another band talked about needle nose pliers, you'd be like, oh, they're uh, you know they're working with their hands, they're building something, taking something apart. You use to pull out someone's teeth, you know. I mean, like, uh, there's so many things where from they might be giants lens, and and also just from like the kind of creepy nature of the song, like the climbing, the ascending, descending, and kind of chromatic and like key signature dodging elements of the song, give it a little bit of a sinister feel where you're like maybe, and also the distortion on the vocal track, like it's kind of roughed out. Uh, where like you hear the word axe and you're like, oh, well, they talked about sleeping bag. They're going camping or whatever. You know, he needs to chop some wood. It's like, I don't know. There's all these other things in here. You know, you could hurt someone with a potato peeler if you tried. <laughs> like there's a, a well, fake mustache, well, right? He's like, trying like, to sneak somewhere. I, <laughs> preserved barn owl skeleton is, <laughs> is, 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 one, is one that I like because it is it is incredibly specific. It is, in a way, it's the kind of thing you would find in, like, a really seedy pawn shop where there's, you know, uh-huh. like, here's, a, here's a bunch of taxidermy that they have, right? Um, uh-huh. But right. It, right. The, the, that that fits with the overall, this, the overall creepiness that I think you're alluding to that, that's looped into this thing. What, mm-hmm. What's cool about this is that the song is, in a lot of ways, a, a Rorschach test, right? Like, it's one yes, of those ink yeah. blots <laughs> where you, you can stare at it and go, yeah. okay, it's either a... It's it's either nonsensical or it's about um, it it's it's about pawning everything to get to get drug money or it's some some horrible chemistry nightmare. It's anything and everything. And yeah. I mean, I I didn't count it up, but I mean, there's like fifty, more than fifty. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things in this list, um, and. Uh, I, I just keep as I'm scrolling and there's so many here uh, as I'm scrolling where things keep popping out to me. Right. Pesticide. Right. Next to butter churn, which makes you think like wholesome Amish type feeling. You know, you <laughs> see you go to Amish town and they're making homemade butter. at the old timey pioneer village or whatever. And then laughing gas. Oh, I remember that when I got my, you know, wisdom teeth out. But like all these things could be used in sinister ways. Uh, gasoline. I mean, Yeah. Um, but then you get something like one of my favorite things in the list, I think it's backing track, which in the land of they might be giants is just like, it, it's like Simpsons, like self-referential joke, you know? Cause it's like, Hey, remember when we used to use a backing track, right? It's just, it's something that like, if anyone else was making a list of things, um, that they might have on hand, I mean, a lot of these things I would hope you don't, you don't have on hand, but like a backing track. Outdoor Valor used to use backing tracks. I still got those those wave files, you know. But like, who else has backing tracks? It's such a, a, a an odd thing to say. And uh, I mean, isotope. I mean, I guess it's not the weirdest thing you could say. It's an isotope. Uh, how do you have a check? I got my isotope. Yeah, <laughs> the checks I think are funny. That's probably my favorite part. But, 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 but for a band that's written a lot of songs about science and chemistry, then. Like having those words rattling around in their head are not uh-huh. is not is is not really out of the question, but you wouldn't expect it out of someone else. Yeah, the, I mean, they were, yeah, they were writing these immediately after the release of "Here Comes Science," uh, put out on Disney Records. <laughs> uh, and yeah, even just having a song called "Money for Dope," uh, it's kind of surprising to me that Disney, like, while they put this out on their own label and they have been for twenty years, Idlewild. Um, you think like being affiliated with Disney, they'd be like, can you guys watch your language on the, uh, the adult songs too? They're like, Oh, we don't swear. 
yeah, but money for dope. Like, ah, it's a B side. It's fine. You know, like, like stuff that is not Disney friendly. And and again, like I said, they were coming off two kids albums. So this might've been one where like, you know, I don't know, Linnell was going on like a, a, you know, John Lennon kick, uh, John Lennon, John Lennon. He was going on John Lennon kick and listening to all that like primal scream stuff and, and all that weird, like Lennon just got so weird, I, but I've always been a McCartney guy, but he went on a Lennon kick. He's like money for taupe. That would just be a hilarious thing for us to sing about. Cause we're not potheads. You know, it's like when outs over Laura covered the magnetic field songs, uh, too drunk to dream as a guy who's never uh, drank in his life, it was just really funny to sing. And Money for Dope is a really funny thing for uh, Linnell to sing because they're guys that, first of all, they don't do dope. Second of all, they've never been in a position, you know, or at least not for a long time, where they've been poor enough where they need to be talking about, you know, like Chinese rocks type situation where they're everything's at the pawn shop because they, they need their fucking drugs. But but uh, from a from a trying to from from the standpoint of trying to establish themselves as back in their adult songwriting mode yeah just ha- having having that nestled among the track listings the track listing there is that there's a song called money for dope <laughs> like like you look at that and you're like "Ooh, okay this is not a children's record like without even without even listening to that there's there's no there's no reading of the the of the words money for dope that is going to fit on on like a disney records thing about math right so right so like like maybe 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 it's that like maybe maybe it's a here this song is about nothing but it's an adult song clearly so just just so you know it's not not kids doesn't mean shit but it is not for kids <laughs> this followed by a song called read a book <laughs> yeah right but that's the problem because read a book could totally be a kid's song if you don't actually listen to it right so right right on the surface yeah there's some I mean, and they had songs before their kids' albums. Like, one of my favorite songs of theirs is called Mammal. And it's literally just it's listing mammals and talking about what makes a mammal, you know, like uh, that they drink milk and all this stuff. But in a very kind of uh, a very musical way and very catchy. There's a song called Dinner Bell that I love, which is about Pavlov's dog. I mean, they have a song about James K. Polk. I know more about James K. Polk, our 11th president, uh, and how he was running in 1844 for the presidency. Like, I know these things because of They Might Be Giants, and that's pre-Kids Elms. Um, but uh, I can tell you I learned pretty much nothing from Money for Dope, but I, I quite enjoy it. <laughs> well, and, and that, that's – so, so going, going back to that definition from that we talked about right at the start there about, like, what a patter song is, right? Mm-hmm. The – the if you really want to go down that um sure that wikipedia hole what you'll find is that patter songs are quite often associated with something called a list song which is pretty self-explanatory is when you are listing things mm-hmm. but this is very specifically not a list song in that the list has no apparent meaning right so a so a, a list a mm-hmm. list song you you you, you there's some intent right like there, there's a narrative thrust to the song that, you, that you're you're trying to say something yeah this <laughs> like, like most songs <laughs> right like most songs this doesn't this at least on the surface without without making you know incredible leaps of um of logic and uh and intent doesn't so it it may ex- it may just exist purely on the level of lyrical rhythm and 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 there is no meaning so, so there, yeah. so it is, so it is in a sense, not a list because a, a, a list at least is a list of something that this mm-hmm. isn't even a list of something. It is just words that follow <laughs> each other. 
<laughs> it's just a list. Just about whatever. They, they've written list songs. Like, it made me think of, uh, there's a song, again, off their first kids' album, no, called I Am a Grocery Bag. And it's exactly how it sounds. The lyrics are juices, muffins, pasta, and cheese, milk and biscuits, and cocktail sauce. I Am a Grocery Bag. And it's a 35-second song that, um, is that an acapella? No, it's got, it's got instruments in it but it's just this little thing that's just like fun for a kid to memorize and it's definitely a list song but yeah you're right the but, but it's, a list, it's, it's, it's a list no, where the, the items mean it something makes sense. right exactly yes. right i'm a grocery bag it's right and then he says it right at the end he doesn't say money for dope he says it would be hilarious if they turned i'm a grocery bag and keep all the words mm-hmm. all the vegetables and stuff but then just change i'm a grocery bag to money for dope i wonder I, if anyone did that in the shit posting group i'm I, I'd be surprised it's, if they didn't. The, it, it makes total sense why this has achieved like meme status in mm-hmm. in, in, in the facebook group there because you you could you could go just grab you know any any excerpt of seemingly list style nonsense text from wherever and then slap the words money for dope at the end and you're like oh okay yep. it's 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 the next it's the next verse well, yeah okay yeah, all right <laughs> uh, yeah these patter songs it's it's the kind of thing where like I never bothered to really look at the history of it like when you said it I'm like yeah oh yeah. What and then I'm like, wait, where did that kind of thing come from? Um, and yeah, that's pretty interesting. And I love the the major general song. Like as soon as I read the title, I'm like, oh, that one. Yeah, that's and it, that is a song that I think everyone would know. Or maybe it's just our generation with The Simpsons and stuff like that. But it's Gilbert and Sullivan. I mean, they're a huge name in you know operas, musicals. You know, yeah, the HMS Pinafore is what <laughs> is what Sideshow Bob was singing the entire thing. It is the, the Pirates of Penzance. I, I mean, it's it's it's, you know, it's it's fitting that all, ju- yeah, ju- just just like I learned about there might be giants from cartoons. The the only reason that we have any real knowledge of you know like Gilbert and Sullivan standards is also cartoons. That's just the only yeah. educational common denominator that we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even going back to Looney Tunes and stuff like that, you know, killed a web, it killed a web. You know, most yeah. kids aren't going to know that that's Flight of the Valkyries, but it, you know, I learned about that much later. There's tons of good classical in those those old cartoons. It's great, um, but yeah, and, and, and Tiny Tunes, you know. Um, the yeah, I do think you're right that it's not. So it's not a list song because it, it doesn't make sense, and I don't think I even want to click over to the interpretations tab. I did glance at it when uh, you first decided on it and it was a long time ago i'm like what do people make of this song oh we're all nuts and and i'm not going to point in any specific interpretation and i think it's fun to try and make ridiculous statements like i i believe one was that it was ride uh, a rider list and you know being from the rock scene like the uh, a band on tour that is of some sort of notable status right they have a list of things that they want when they get there like it's usually like you know, a bottle of Jim Beam or whatever, and like, you know, 24 pack of Budweiser, whatever the fuck they want. There's the famous story that I don't think is true about Van Halen. I don't was it Van Halen wanting only green M&Ms or whatever the fuck, or M&Ms without green ones in them? And so someone, I believe, yeah, the very first one is it's a, it's a writer list. And that would be the most fucked up band in the world, and it's kind of funny to think about it that way and for a chuckle, but... You know, Linnell, I think, was just dumping. It's just like uh, a dumping ground. He may have, um, he may have improvised a lot of it, and like done a demo, 
and then like kind of sorted through it. You know, it's it's almost just like a kind of diary of the mouth kind of song where it's just like, what am I thinking of? What comes next? And you're just like in that split second, avocado, sleeping bag, and your brain is like just barely keeping up. And with yeah, a guy like Linnell, like- he's so dark that things like hand grenade pop in there. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there's so a lot I don't of know if there's anything to that. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm going I'm going through this. I for some reason didn't see this interpretations list right now. So I'm I'm trying oh, to see how, how wrong we are. Like sca- sca- scavenger hunt list is is an idea uh-huh. which would be uh-huh. a pretty again with whichever you take it, it's always like a pretty dark version thereof. Like if it's right. stuff you're selling for dope, you use some pretty weird dark things you're selling. If it's a scavenger hunt, that's not good. Um, someone has like found it on eBay, you know. Other bands' mm-hmm. rider lists, stuff given to homeless people. So, like, Oprah Venom, like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Going around killing homeless people with this lie and hand grenades and the Cobra Venom. <laughs> Here you go. Have my Cobra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here's one. Okay. Stuff mostly, I wouldn't say mostly. But stuff used to destroy large quantities of organic material. And that's kind of like what I was talking about. The very first thing that jumped out at me was acid bath and the galvanized tub, right? You could do your acid bath in the galvanized tub, right? You own a galvanized tub. I do now. It's full of garden soil, but, you know. But could you put acid in it? I could empty that. uh And put acid in it? Yeah. (laughs) And it wouldn't eat through. And then if the acid gets too acidy, that's what you use the lye for because it'll balance it out. (laughs) See, you are a scientist. This, this is my, ba- my basic. This is all I know about chemistry. Right and then now, you make pretzels. Yeah, then you make pretzels. <laughs> then you dunk your pretzels in, and that's how they get the salt to stick to it. It's tasty. Mm, tastes like burning. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interpretation tab on the wiki is like a fun place to kind of poke around and just like because some of these go back to some of them even transferred over from the old site, like pre wiki being a thing that people said before you know pre Wikipedia or whatever. Um, there was this teambg.org and there were all these fan groups. Like it's a band that people have obsessed about for forever. And since the internet came around, all us, they might be giants dorks. Like many of them, they were, they were on the internet tip, you know, hot, hot when it was first available to the public. And so there have always been sites like this for they might be giants. The one I visited in college was the old one and it had interpretations on it. It was a whole different layout and a different kind of thing but a lot of the same information and when um one of my lovely uh patrons john Ulis, from the, from the start he's one of the guys that helps run this wiki and kind of keep it in order and um so he kind of talked about he's told me a little bit about that transfer of uh, from like the old site to the new one and some of these interpretations are really old and i mean obviously this is just songs just from 2011 um but a lot of these uh, interpretations are dated and this is like it was a new newly released song and people were trying to figure it out and i'm trying to see if there's any newer looks like most of these are from 2011 2012 yeah did anyone no one's no one's come up with a new interpretation since 2012 well, I guess it's us. No, I don't know. We're just pretty much like, yeah, that can make sense. That can make yeah. sense. Or none of it makes sense. It's uh, it's a wacky you, song. You embrace the nihilistic uh, <laughs> non-interpretation. <laughs> it's wacky in a way that uh, is uh, really dark if you if you start to think about it too much. And 
yeah, if you if you started listening to more, like if you went through my Spotify playlist of uh, They Might Be Giant Songs, you'd see, okay, this one's about James K. Polk, but it also talks about, basically alludes to how much of an asshole he is and how he sees this land from Mexico. He wasn't nice about it. Like, everything takes a dark tone, even these factual songs. And I think you would you would you would sense a big pattern when you start listening through uh, they might be giant songs about how much it is about depression and death. And so, as a fan, as a big fan, it's hard not to read into Money for Dope as like this guy is on drugs and going to kill somebody or whatever. Like it's it's hard to pin it down too specifically, obviously. But there's something going on here, something sinister. Um. But I think I think we've pretty well covered it there. Do you have? Um, I guess I did mention musically. Do you hear the programming that is is here? I I, I threw that out there before. I I, 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 I I didn't pick it up, but I wasn't listening for it. So if if they're yeah. if they're doing something, it's 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 either subtle or I was so so mm-hmm. soaked into Galvanized Tub that it didn't didn't click to me. Right, and they'll still on occasion have duo songs like on albums. Um, usually, the full Bale Doom live, or it's a song that doesn't get played live, like this one. Um, but if they're like when I talked to their drummer, he confirmed that when they have songs that have drum machine in them, it's still the Johns, Flansberg or Linnell that do the drum machine. Because I was like, oh, are you the one that programs the drum machine when those come up? He's like, no, that's still the Johns. It's probably like they like their demo so much they're just like, Marty, you're gonna sit this one out. It's the drum machine. And so in this case, you know, Linnell's probably like, well, let's punk it up. we got to have some real drums in there. But there might be little, you know, and if I could figure it out in post and drop in a little clip here of a part where you can hear some programming, you know, sometimes they'll overlay the two or, or keep some little drum machine aspects over top of Marty's drums, which I always think is kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think we've pretty well covered it. I don't think we need to go through these videos that I I threw that I, I just will mention that when I was looking for covers I came up very empty. There is one, but I found all these fan videos, and I think just the the patter song element or the while it may not be properly a list song, it is a giant list lends itself to these fan videos. Did you bother to click over? And yeah, they're, they're all they're all fun, and they. Yeah. I mean, it is. If no one has seen them, it is what you expect, which is that every time one of the new items is is mentioned, it it appears on screen, and uh-huh. it, it's, it, that 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 that's what it is. Um, some 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 of them are drawings, and the one is photos, and I think in the one is like they tried to collect the items and put them on their floor, and uh-huh. yeah. that one is maybe less successful because they don't have a banjolin. It, you know, like they're, they're 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 putting things that are close enough to some of the right. some of the phrases. So if you're really gonna get all of these things, you'd have to spend a bit of money. I mean, come on. I mean I guess you could get a a hand grenade that's been deactivated, you know, from the uh, well, I mean, you, 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 you But there's a lot of stuff. There, there there is. And the so the video the videos are all fun how they how they jump through that. The the one video I think has the dumbest joke um that they injected into it themselves, which is at certain points where they're yelling check instead of just selling check at one point they just show a picture of a check guy like <laughs> like a guy like like someone from the Czech Republic type thing right oh yeah which one was that oh, uh, it's, man, it's the, the one the one that's mostly um, photo based where like Ryan so, Smith but, uh, that I think is, money yeah, for dope which, is just showing this like love this like total like what you see on uh, you know Narcos or whatever the drug. Or any drug movie where the cash is just rolled into a perfect cylindrical shape 
uh, with a rubber band. So that that that, 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 that caught me. It got it 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 got a guffaw out of me when when that popped up. But but yeah, I don't know. They're 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 fun. I mean, I, at this point, like I've I've listened to the song so many times now that that seeing it interpreted in these several videos was a total delight because I was just like, yeah, there, there's there's the tub, <laughs> right, or whatever, right? Yeah. So. Oh my god, we've got a serious and actually a serious uh, YouTube comment on this one. R- Ryan Smith did it has four thousand views. Uh, surprisingly, a lot. Uh, Marcus Y five years ago said, "As someone with auditory processing disorder, I thank you." Help this guy to learn the lyrics by putting pictures there. I'm also seeing check marks pop up when it says check, you know, just like a check mark, which is one that makes more sense. I'm also seeing Fry, the Fry, uh, shut up and take my money meme from Futurama. There's just this one. I, I would agree this one is, is probably my favorite um, just because you could tell they were just doing Google image searches just for hours to collect all of these uh things and make these jokes so uh ryan smith people should go watch that doesn't make sense to play in here because it's just the song <laughs> there should, should be more covers that? of this though because there should and uh like like if only because like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna nail it you have to kind of get that list right and if you're gonna if you can get that list right then i am i'm impressed with your abilities <laughs> right well let's listen to the uh the one cover that's out there and this is a uh, guest host guest slash host who has appeared on the show many times i haven't you know i i need to figure out what this guy's name is because most of his uh bios and stuff will say like his first name but not nothing else and it's uh, it's you know it's it's something dumb like greg or adam where just like there's too many of us and you can't figure it out yeah um but he's appeared on the show many times, and uh, so I'm going to drop in a, a clip here of guest host doing Money for Dope. Walking snake, lobster shell, cellophane, acid bath, legal pad, nitrogen, avocado, sleeping back rope. Money for Dope. Russian hat, safety glass, jumping beans, hand grenades, almond milk, butcher blocks, What'd you think of that? It's fine. It's pretty, it was pretty, pretty, it was pretty standard from, you know, it, it sticks to, it sticks to the band's interpretation of it. I think he's not, he's not veering off in any weird direction or anything like that, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you brought it up. I think here, uh, so I got my guitar here and, um, I was fucking around. See, I, 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 I will come clean now. I lied to you that I needed to start late. And I actually was just like, I'm going to see what the fuck is going on with this chord progression and uh, try to figure it out. And you're going to help me do a cover. So here's what I need from you. Let me see. <laughs> Hold on. I think I need to, uh, let's see, hit record on my guitar track. Let's see. Can you hear that? Yeah. So 
I'm gonna do like a um. We're gonna do like a, a sludgy version, I, sh I suppose. Like I'm getting a decent signal there. Now I'm not going to nail this list, um, but I think I at least want to make it to the part with the check, and and that's you. Okay. You're you're gonna do my backup vocals. I can uh, do it. Let me open up multiple tabs uh, that can be pre-scrolled to where I need them because there are just way too fucking many, and I'm gonna butcher it. But that's gonna be part of the fun, I think. Let's. I got one with just the lyrics because I kind of memorized the um, <clears throat> the main riff and the ch the check part actually settles into a nice uh, pattern, but there's a lot of them still fucking up. Okay, let's see, and I'll trim all of this out because I'm a, a professional. And but I I've I've done a, quite a few of these like the O oh, We song I mentioned I actually did live on air with this guy he was in London and he did the backing vocals for me and I throw them on this might be a podcast at Bandcamp uh, as live on air covers and the mistakes are part of the fun right it's punk rock let's make it even yeah. more punk rock so okay I think I'm ready the opera glasses part always gets me it all of a sudden goes to like normal chords and that screws me up because I'm not expecting normal chords. All right, so let's see. like a Ramones progression where like people say people don't give the Ramones enough credit because they're like oh it's three chords or whatever um, but there's this thing that I've gotten from being in some Ramones cover bands where like 
and, and playing guitar, playing bass guitar, you know enough about like, I don't know if you've ever heard the expression playing in the box, which means like a pentatonic scale. You're staying, you know, like a fret apart, you're going up, where uh, it goes. It's like the reverse of, uh, I don't want to go down to the basement. started learning it i'm like wait because in the ramones cover band that was the one that was the hardest because i'm like this song's got like 12 chords and there's like no key like it's the weirdest thing it could only be written by someone that really didn't know how to play their instrument at the time which was like the appeal of it right uh you know johnny ramone eventually learned how to play the guitar and the parts got more complicated but this is like no one who knew like key signatures would write that progression because it just doesn't make sense it's outsider art at that point Right, and like Linnell does know key signatures, and he's I think just fucking with us. I think it's almost like this song is just like trolling everybody. Well, but did you see how by uh, dropping a single word, it totally threw your it oh right my God. like like the, the, yeah. the, the rhythm of it is is so lo- <laughs> like the the lyrics are so locked into what you're doing on the instrument is that like if you can't, there's no forgiveness if you miss one, right? I was Which, screwed. Which, which, which again, I wonder if that's why it's, it's not often covered. It's not often done or never done live or whatever, just because like, it's a bitch, right? Like you, it's, you, you screw, you screw one of them up and it's, it's wrecked. Yo, I would have been okay if it wasn't for the opera glasses part. Once it gets to the check and the banjolin that does noisers, it's like, like this little up and down, very minor key, like almost Sabbath-y kind of thing, at least when I put that fuzz on it, where it's just like we're just hammering home these four chords and they're they're in a minor key and we're so evil. Um, and then the verses, it climbs up further. And then it starts going down. So when I skipped a word, I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, I got chords left over and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not down there yet to where I need to end up. Uh, but I'm already out of words, or, or I got words left. Like, it could go either way, and it is fucking hard. So, like, Marianne, I don't blame you for not wanting to cover it, because, uh, Jesus, I just looked at it this morning, and only for those extra 15 minutes did I try playing this. So it went about as well as could be expected. Uh, but your background vocals were on point. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, you're asking somebody to not just do this, but then to go transpose it onto a banjolin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's... And, yeah. The... <laughs> Yeah, the mandolin banjo, which, yeah, we haven't mentioned. A hybrid instrument. Like, you'll see things like uh, a ukejo. So you got the banjo and the ukulele. Uh, it's usually basically a ukulele with, like, a banjo body or something. It makes it louder. So this is, it's the it's got the tuning of a mandolin or a violin, which have the same tuning. A mandolin just doubles every string. And then uh, a soprano banjo. So it's a very high-sounding instrument. I, I imagine it just kind of sounds like a loud mandolin i actually just got my wife a mandolin for her birthday it is nice being married to a musician and we can just buy each other gear my uh my father's day present last year 
was this uh, this $250 pedal uh, from a boutique uh, company called Death by Audio. I've actually interviewed the guy twice for Punk News that is in A Place to Bury Strangers that makes these pedals uh, in Brooklyn. And, I, I, uh, I, I, you know what? I have actually done the same. I, 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 I interviewed him in, uh, we were in Northern Quebec at a music festival. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he, yeah. Oliver Ackerman is amazing. Do you listen to Place of Very Strangers? They're so good. They might have Giants fans would probably mostly not like them. They're a little bit louder than. <laughs> oh my God. This thing. Yeah. And this can be cut out of the episode, but it's, uh, like I have a big muff pedal and I was using a rat, a rat pedal, which is like a very, both of those are very famous. Uh, dirty, fuzzy pedals that have been used for a long time. Um, but this one, yeah, I've been coveting these since like I found out about Placeberry Strangers. And I'm like, how is he making these sounds with his guitar? Like, there's no keyboard in this. Why is it sounding like some sort of like dirty synthesizer? Well, it's stuff like this. This this pedal here has this. It has the the gate, which again, this is synthesizer terminology. It's stuff about like the, the envelope filters and all this. There's all these, there's more options than most fuzz pedals, but then this oscillator, if you switch it to that side, that's basically just like the, uh, tripping balls switch on this pedal because it just makes your guitar not sound like a guitar. And, um, I'd go to the death by audio site and he's like a pro of this pedal. I'm, I'm pitching you this pedal. I want you to buy this. It will destroy your tone. Like, That's what I want. Because, you know, you, you know, you might have gone down the world of shopping for guitar pedals where you see guys that are into Eric Clapton. And they're like, oh, this uh, Ibanez tube screamer. Listen to it. I'm like, I don't play that. I don't I can't play like that. Show me some shit that like. You know, a guy who worships Jesus and Mary Chain, he's making pedals, and he wants to just, like, blow out everyone's eardrums. This is the kind of stuff you want. And they have, oh, my God, they're so expensive, but they're made. It's it's basically artisanal pedals, you know, small batch. And uh, it just destroys the fuck out of it. Like, uh, you play a chord, and it almost stops your guitar from playing. Like, the signal going into it, there's just so much compression on it that you're like, and it just like stops and i'm like how do you come up with this and then like market it and have this successful company that he i mean enough to keep it in business for like they've been around for like 15 years or something and then the oscillator one like i mean you know oscillation means like with a synthesizer you play your chords like and then even when you stop playing, it continues making noise like it's an uncontrollable beast. And I've used it in songs. I actually did a They Might Be Giants cover with a friend, hasn't come out yet, where I used that. And when you stop playing, about two seconds later, it just goes, and you're not even pressing anything. You're not even strumming. You just stop playing, and then the pedal's just like one last gasp before it dies. And it's the funnest shit. Um, and you actually, you met him in person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The him and the him and but there are three. There are three or four. Uh, normally three. They keep losing drummers. The one they have now, the gal they have there now, were, is really awesome. No, they they were they were sitting on a couch in in the basement of this weird weird club that we were in, and we like sit around and just like 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 
pulled an interview out of my ass that I didn't prepare for, and we just like recorded <laughs> it to a phone. And I don't even know if I did anything with it. There was a lo- there was a lot of yeah. that during this festival. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I they're, they're fantastic. I had like a press handler, so she kept like throwing me to like like go talk to this band. And I'm like, for, okay, like for what? Like I, I think I have I don't have a purpose for what you're sending me to do. So sure, right, I'll go right. talk to that band. <laughs> have you listened to them much since? Do you like them? Yeah, yeah. I I I picked up actually. I did. Oh God, that was not too long ago. There, I forget the name of the record that came out right after that. I don't know. None 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 of the, none of their stuff sticks with me when I'm not listening to it. Like when I'm listening to it, it's it's on Oof. right but yeah. it i can't i can't name anything in particular from it not having it in front of me at the moment <laughs> i mean yeah they're not known for the, their catchy hooks um, it, right it's, it's like it's like it's, godspeed or something right it's just like like here is a bunch sure. of loud crazy shit that is now on i think you might like their uh their um, uh, pinned was let's see was that the most recent one or did i miss something pinned on dead oceans in 2018 the drummer for that album i mean transfixiation before that might be my favorite but pinned uh this 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 chick that got drumming like she does some singing too and it went from like this very mechanized kind of drumming like i even asked him at one point i'm like is that all drum machine or is that it is that a human? Because she's like, like it's so mechanical. She comes in and gave like a human element to the drums. Very good drumming, but it actually sounds like a real drummer now. And she does some singing. So like his like baritone and then her voice in like some like an alto register or something. It's a very cool balance and it's a very different record uh, while still being extremely noisy. So I would recommend that one to you. But uh, continuing the episode that. I direct people to the three of us in our, or the two of us with three combined interviews of this band who are awesome. Um, I think, uh, so that concludes the cover section with um, what I must say is uh, clearly we have the, the greatest cover ever made of the song and uh, it should be on the band camp because it was great. And um, I think it is time to score this song. And uh, I did not remind you of that, but you heard us did the episode with Sean. And so what you're doing when you're scoring this one, since you uh, only have, you know, a handful of songs, you've become familiar with more looking for money for dope. Um, But comparing this song against the other They Might Be Giant songs that you are familiar with. Now, at at this point, how many They Might Be Giant songs would you say you know well enough to uh, rank this against? (laughs) So hold on. So if, if if people that you have on here are, are experts, do you do you like slot it in amongst the nine hundred songs or whatever it is that's in the repertoire? <laughs> well, I because I can really mean, easily slot for this in scores? against the five that that I know offhand. <laughs> well, you know, you're not you're not uh, uh, scoring it against. Give me some truth. You know, uh, you're you're not scoring it against. You know, some party. <laughs> you're scoring it. Just within their canon, and on the wiki they do this too. Actually, I should look where this lands on the ranking because, of course, you can score things and they fall in the ranking. This, holy cow, this is really high. There are 910 songs that are currently rankable. If they haven't, like, that, that's not all of their songs. Uh, though there are some doubles because demo versions can be scored. Um, it has to have a certain amount of votes before it ends up on the rankings. Money for Dope is 213 which seems like, oh, that's pretty low. But out of 910, that's pretty high for this song. 
Don't you think? <laughs> it has an average of 8.67 as its score from They Might Be Giants fans. What does it's, that say it's, about it seems, us as It seems fans? like They Might Be Giants fans hold their catalog <laughs> to a pretty high standard. <laughs> yeah, it, it all skews very high, and I'm, I'm a lot more stingy with my scores. So, but, but looking at it in the scheme of things on this, this list... Like, uh, you know, the, all the ones that you know are in the top 10, I'm sure. The ones you know well. Sure. Um, while there have songs, like there's a song from three years ago that crept up to number nine called The Communists Have the Music. It's a very good song. Um, there's some songs from Join Us, the same era, When Will You Die is at number 12. Can't Keep Johnny Down is at 15. I've mentioned both of those. And if you're scrolling down to 2013, I just want to see what's surrounding it which are going to be more like album tracks. It's above Lucky Ball and Chain, which is off Flood. It's track three off Flood. Um, that doesn't make sense to me because Lucky <laughs> Lucky Ball and Chain is like a beloved fan favorite um, early on in the track listing of their platinum selling record. I feel like this is, is this, a, this, is a, this is a scrappy underdog of a song, though. Like I, sure. I kind, I want it to succeed because it's it's so delightfully about nothing. Like, like yeah, I want I, I, I want I want, <laughs> I want to inflate my rating of it so that it mm-hmm. so that it can uh, it, it has a fighting chance because it didn't do anything wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I need to be fair here. I'm not sure. It's not listed alpha. I'm trying to figure it's actually tied with Lucky Ball and Chain at 8.67. Um, which really I think Lucky Ball and Chain should be ahead of it because it lists it tells you how many people have voted on it. And um Money for Dope has only had 46 people rank it, while Lucky Ball and Chain has had 109 people rank it, and they both ended up at the same score. I would say Lucky Ball and Chain clearly should be above that. But um it's it's tied with some songs. There's a lot there's a lot of fucking ties here at eight point six seven. A lot of them, like the Birdhouse in Your Soul demo. I mean, you know that song, right? Birdhouse in Your Soul. You said it pops up on that station. Yeah. Um it's mm-hmm. tied with with the demo. And the demo is really fucking good. It's Birdhouse in Your Soul. So like this is really high up. And I what I've hypothesized is that, and I'm probably guilty of this too, is that they might be Giants fan. When you hear a new song that you think everyone's gonna hate. If you like it even a little bit, you're going to go in there and mash the 10, you know, and uh, it's going to kind of throw the, it's going to skew it a little bit. Or if it's a song where it's like, I bet most people haven't heard this. It's so obscure. It's so good. I'll give it a nine, even if you don't really think it's worth that. Um, Typically people that go to score things, even it comes to like leaving an Amazon review, you're going to review it if you love it or you absolutely hate it. So that's how I think Money for Dope probably got so high. That's very surprising to me. So for your score, again, we're using like uh, decimals just like that, uh, scale 0 to 10. Um, and, yeah, thinking about it, with just what you know about They Might Be Giants, um, not even just against those particular songs, how good of a song do you think this is? What numerical value could you give to Money for Dope? Go. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to justify this? You don't have to. <laughs> you can, tr- you, you, you can't, I, I, you know, usually try to sum it up a little bit as, as you know, what you've said thus far. Uh, All right. So, I mean, know, I, 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 if you I, said zero after this wonderful conversation, that no, had, I mean, that I, would surprise I, I, me. I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to go, I was going to go with the, with the 
with the crowd here and give it like I'm gonna give it like an eight and a half or something. And mm-hmm. the the the, the, the rationale I think behind that is that the song is the song is difficult and maybe intentionally so in both its meaning and as you've as you've demonstrated the way it's constructed. And I I I don't often think of I, th- I think of they might be giants, and this is probably a bad stereotype, as as like a very friendly and likable band. But okay. this 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 is very much a like stick in the eye kind of kind of yeah. song. And and I like I like that I like that I like that vibe. I like I like seeing that that so, so someone went, someone went into the studio and they made something and they were just like ha, and then they walked yeah, away. Right. <laughs> digest that fan base that likes our poppy songs yeah i you know i kind of want to make you a spotify playlist of what i think are the weirdest they might be giant songs because i actually threw this out uh to uh my twitter followers what do you think are the the weirdest they might be giant songs and and there was definitely some overlap there's a song called rabid child off of their first album which as you can't imagine is very fucked up uh there's this song that he wrote i just did an episode on this one called on earth my nina which he wrote by hearing one of their other songs backwards, and he heard a little phrase. I don't know why he was listening to their song backwards. Heard this little phrase that sounded like <laughs> in the backwards. The whole song was just backwards waveform, yeah. and he wrote a song around that. Just this little acapella song that it's just like, why? How did you? Why would you do that? Well, because uh, to amuse himself, and I think that's what uh, the Giants do a lot of the times, and it's what they've done since the start when they were, you know, both moved into the same apartment building in Brooklyn, and were like, "Hey, I know you from high school," and then they just started fucking, you know, fucking around. Like Linnell was in this new wave band called the Mundanes, and Flansburg was in some other kind of rock bands, not as the front men, and then they're like. We're both like bookish, uh, you know. They met on the school newspaper in high school. They were those those kids, and um, they're like, let's just start making really weird stuff. And then they happen to get some success, but they still like to throw back to their weird, weird roots. And this one, you can hear somewhere maybe more than others. They're like, yeah, see, we could still do this weird shit. There's like Linnell has gotten into microtones lately, which is basically notes between what our Western trained ears uh, think of as notes <laughs> and like these little cluster chords where there's like quarter tones, like something you'd hear in maybe Indian music or detuning a piano, like shit like that. Like they're just artsy fucks that can write a hook if they want to. And sometimes they don't want to. And this is one of those songs. So you went eight and a half. I I I have to go lower just because uh, you know if I look at my because you you have you have context and 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 you'll and you'll be here next week (laughs) and you have you have to justify this against future ratings exactly and and this is a song that I I I thank you for picking it because and even back when you picked it I started listening to it to it more but just this week and then trying to play it today like it gives me a whole other level of appreciation for the song and um. The complexity, like the randomness mixed with the complexity, like it's this weird, like paradoxical kind of song that seems like, like you, like, like we've been saying, like it seems like a throwaway, but when you really start to break it down, you're like, could you write this? It's like the best like modern art where someone goes into an art museum and they look at like a Rothko or something. They're like, it's just a couple squares of red. 
in orange. You're like, well, did you do that? Did you think of it? Like, I could do it. Well, did you? No. <laughs> and this yeah. song, like, yeah, I could just come up with a random list of things then say money for dope. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and make a meme out of it. But those memes, while some of them are funny on these ship posting groups, while some of them are funny, a lot of them were, uh, they weren't crafted to a T like this song is. Like, there really was more work put into it than is on the surface. So I think my score is going to have to be... You know what? I like it more than Dr. Evil. I think I got to go. And that was a 6.9. I'm going to go seven. <laughs> it's it's a good song and a good example of them still showing their weird side, even in, you know, this song was, is a decade old. But for them, they have four decades of songs in them. So money for dope, everybody. Uh, Mr. Adam White, uh, thank I. It's sincerely though, I uh, so much of my life has been punk news related <laughs> in some way or another. And while it's something that we both have kind of uh, over the years been like, yeah, I kind of do stuff for punk news, you know. And I'm like, I'll do podcasts, but I haven't written anything for punk news in like two years. Um, I don't think we even did the 20th uh, anniversary batch of reviews last year. Those are the ones I usually get in on. Uh, but like the podcasting thing and you helping me get it set up is just like uh, amazing. And I'll have podcasters come to me that are like, Oh, your show, it sounds good. It's so, you know, a lot of people are hearing it. Um, <clears throat> tell me your secrets. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I've been podcasting for a while, but what do I, what do I have to tell? Well, they're like, what, uh, service do you use to get it up on all the streaming sites? I'm like, it's the Adam White service. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how it gets up there. I just put in some, I just copy and paste and then change out the actual words. And Adam White has all this gobbledygook and it's like slash description slash title. I don't know. And it get, and it magically is <laughs> all over the world. So thank you for mag- making my podcast go magically all over the world. <laughs> yeah, What Greg's trying to tell you is that I'm the one that invented the um, the RSS feed. <laughs> So you have, you have me to thank for that. Um, yeah, no, hey, I'm, that, I'm, that's I'm nerd happy. shit. I don't know anything about that. I'm a different I, I, kind I'm, of nerd. I'm happy to help people <laughs> in the punk news community facilitate the things that they're trying to do. And I feel like that's that's a better role for me at this point in my like long tooth existence on the site than trying to uh-huh. inflict my tastes onto anyone because, like, you know, you know, it punk news needs. Like if if it's gonna continue and survive, it needs it needs young people and women and yeah. people of color and all that other kind of stuff involved talking about what kind of bands they want. They don't need they don't need me yelling at them about you know what why why people should be listening to No mm. Means No or whatever. So <laughs> so and I, yeah, I, I must I, give props to uh, Sammy Barrett and M Moore. <laughs> Who have been doing a lot of work with the uh, the news feed and stuff, and and John still does a ton of work. J- for J- J- John John's a damn workhorse on there. Like he keeps, he oh keeps, keeps the wheels running right. But but in any case, it doesn't need me. So it it just kind of continues. <laughs> but where, where my role is 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 to use whatever technical knowledge I have to help other people get stuff out there, which is which is what I think is how I, how I fit into your universe. So you know and. He- yeah, and I, I think as you were saying on your uh, your retirement episode of the weekly Punk News podcast, you kept uh, using the phrase masthead like you're keeping this masthead, and uh, <clears throat> like now we you know like a few years ago or whatever we just started calling everyone contributors you know to Punk News, whereas like you know managing editor was like your thing 
uh, you were the guy, the managing editor. You were like, I'm overseeing everything. And you're like, I don't know. And you're like, I'm keeping this masthead. I think what your masthead, you should still keep it, but change it to instead of managing editor, managing facilitator. Because that's that's what you're doing here. You've got your newsletter. Uh, I'd be okay you know, taking like like, an like these offshoots, like like an aggressively. Um, mm-hmm. No, like like I, I could I could see being like custodian or something like that, where <laughs> no, where no one's gonna ask me for anything like, unless they know what I'm doing there. But are very important people. Custodians you, are incredibly important. You too. Oh my god, that's that's the first rule. Like anyone, uh, you work in education, teach, right? Like. Yeah, music teachers don't get student teachers a whole lot, but you know, whenever there's a new teacher that comes in, and you know, there's a lot of turnover in American public education because it's a shitty field to be in for a lot of reasons. But I enjoy it. You make friends with the the secretaries and the custodians. Those that's the first thing you do because they can make your life a living hell, or they can make it just a fucking breeze, and they're the best. Uh, and uh, they they clean up. They literally clean up shit in elementary schools, and you're the one that cleans up the shit when when I shit the bed all over the code. In you, the, you've been the RSS you have been feed. very good recently. You had a rough you had a rough learning curve, but you're fine now. Oh I God, think. it was so out of my wheelhouse, man. I don't know. You're, you're like these I, dates have to be consistent, and it's like yes, there's a pattern. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I argued with you about it. I would just forget. I would forget that the it's like that's that, not like, a month. The MP3 or that like the MP3 name has to be on there twice or something. Yeah. Or I'd well, I think it was like a copy and pasting thing where I'd like be hastily. And it was when it was going up. It was like, all right, if I want this to post today, it's got to be in there before one p.m. or one a.m. And I'm like, God damn it, it's twelve forty, <laughs> and I'm just like copy paste, and then I delete like a fucking you know some brackets or. Yeah, yeah. I delete a bracket and it just fucks everything. Since you pointed me to that, the whatever that program is that colors everything, that was a lifesaver. And I wish I had it a long time ago because I was just doing it with like text edit or whatever. But if you if I fuck something up and delete like a bracket, like the colors go bad, and I'm like, oh wait, okay, and then I can realize <laughs> what I've done. <laughs> I'm told that's why we that have stuff. those in our lives. Oh man, I'm I'm hiring someone to do a a proper this might be a podcast.com. I have the URL and it's currently a Tumblr with template thing. So it kind of looks like a website, but to anyone who uses Tumblr, you're like that's a Tumblr. So I I'm like I'm at the point where I'm making enough money on the Patreon where I'm like I'm going to pay someone to at least set up a site to where like with what you've done, I could just go in and like fiddle and then it'll update stuff. Uh, you know, I'm going to pay someone to mix shit while I'm on my paternity leave. Cause like you, I'm, I'm at the age, you know, I'm about to hit 40 and it's like, I am about to have a second kid. You have two kids. It's like, you realize you got to, um, realize where your strengths are and where you should just let other people take care of it. <laughs> and you know, then, then you find that balance. Cause I went for a long time too, where I was having trouble saying no to anything. Yeah, uh, the, like do, being do, the punk news podcast producer for two hundred episodes oh, or whatever. Yeah, like like do, 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 <laughs> despite do, not do, being on it, <laughs> doing less stuff is is much better. On that note, on that <laughs> note, Greg, I'm totally going to bed now. So, oh yeah, it's way late, man. I get up at uh, five forty five for school, so I'm going straight to bed. 
But it was just a lot of fun to talk to you. And uh, people go to uh, someparty.ca, yeah. correct? That's right. And uh, subscribe there. Get it in your inbox like I do. It's an email. Uh, might... Email's fun. Yeah. You might have to <laughs> tell your email to not have it go in the other folders or something, uh, like the promotions folder, and then I don't see it. So, But you should subscribe and make sure you see it because it is good, and you'll learn a lot about this uh, scuzzy uh, rock and roll that this guy likes. So, Adam White, thank you again and uh people know where to find this might be a podcast we got the dot com go there find me on twitter this might be a pod do you want people to find you at adam white yeah okay that's where i, I am I, on twitter how, or instagram how or... did you get that you were on twitter way early weren't you uh yeah that's one of those I, I got one of those those they send you a gift now where they're like you've been here for 13 years fuck you and i was oh, like oh no <laughs> <laughs> you fucking loser <laughs> yeah 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 there you go yeah it's adam, adam white, white everywhere mm-hmm cool and uh yeah i'll let you go let's go to sleep because we are old old men money for dough.